welcome to the Fat Man Running Podcast, the podcast for your average runner and larger than average runner. Welcome to the Fat Man Running Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ankelwitz, and with me is Alexis Brudnicki. Welcome again to the podcast, Alexis. Thank you. Happy to be here. So today we've got a very interesting uh, topic, I think, that you had actually suggested last time we talked. Uh, That topic is we're going to talk today about uh, excuses versus reasons and what's the difference and how is that going to affect your your running and really your motivation to get out and run? Um, so we have Alexis is our resident expert on reasons versus excuses, and you're going to tell us about uh, about what those are and what the differences are. Yeah, expert is definitely giving me way too much credit. I, I think I, I just read once that the difference between a reason and an excuse is that excuses exist to kind of justify and cast blame and reasons imply that the fault is sincerely recognized and accepted and I am the king of excuses for when it comes to not running and I know that they are not reasons sometimes they could be legitimate reasons and I'm still using them as excuses but it's I I mean, I use everything under the book as an excuse, whether it's just, you know, feeling tired or thinking I'll do it later, I'll do it tomorrow, or I did it yesterday, or nobody else is doing this, or maybe I'll eat less today, or I, you know, I might, I have felt like a slight shin splint two weeks ago, and it could come back if I ran today, or I didn't get enough potassium, and I want to have a banana first, or anything that I can do, especially the weather. I use as an excuse all the time. I don't love running in the cold. I don't love running in the rain. Uh, But unfortunately, we live in Canada, and it is cold for a lot of the year. And um, I pretty much use every excuse under the sun not to run. Um, People do have legitimate reasons, injury concerns, um, anything that might be going on with them. And those are not my particular... uh, things that I use to get out of running, but I will use anything and everything. And I would definitely consider myself, though not an expert on this, uh, the king of using excuses to get out of running. Well, you bring up a really interesting, a couple of really interesting points. One is that you talk about reasons as being a way of accepting responsibility and accountability. And I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. So if, you know, a reason not to run is, for example, a legitimate injury, then you're accepting that there is an actual potential for danger if you do it. But also, you know, if you... Um, if you accept that they are, an, it's an excuse, and that you actually could run despite the excuse, then I think you're actually accepting that, you know, the blame upon yourself, and you're taking accountability, and you're saying, look, for some reason, I just couldn't get myself out that door today, and you know, whatever the excuse was, I accept that, and I accept the 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 blame for it. I mean, if we if we sort of choose to 
not accept that blame and accept that responsibility, um, then I think it is kind of a, a cop out of an excuse. But I think an excuse can be both. Um, it can be, you know, the refusal to take blame. And especially if you're sort of in denial about your own fault, but you can sort of justify. And I think you do this uh, from what you're telling me, you know, you accept the fact that you, um, you do make excuses and you let that affect your, your decision to run or not. And, you know, so it is an excuse because I think you can overcome it if you really wanted to, but rather than that, you're just saying, okay, you know what, today I'm not going to run this is why I'm justifying it to myself, but really in a way it doesn't kind of doesn't matter. You're already accepting the responsibility for the fact that you're not going to go out and run that day. Yeah. I do think that, or at least I hope that that's kind of the middle ground of building up from using so many excuses is that I, I do know that they are excuses and I accept them for that. And, you know, I do take, blame for making those excuses for myself and I definitely have trouble with just holding myself accountable when there are no races to work toward um, that are not virtual there's kind of nothing forcing me to to build up or that extrinsic motivation that I really need and I even as I say that I'm like well that's kind of an excuse you know there's no race so why do I have to get out today and I'm hoping that the more that I accept these excuses and acknowledge them to myself, then I, I'm building a little bit of a bridge away from them. So I think there's the person who is oblivious to their own culpability. And that is the person who is using the excuses as a way of justifying to themselves not to do something. Um, I think, as you said, there's a middle ground of the person who is... Um, understanding that the excuses are not really necessarily real reasons to do something, but they are a way of justifying it to themselves. And they understand that and they take that responsibility regardless of whether they are letting them stop them from doing something or not. And then I guess there's this sort of the other end of the extreme where a person who does not take an excuse into account they will just you know do something unless there is a really legitimate reason not to yeah and I definitely think they can work the other way too in regular times occasionally I might have a friend that I would meet up with to run and they give me an excuse to run and the races too if there's something to build up to um, you know I think that those are I mean, a race probably is more of a reason. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to um, have a really long recovery time afterward because I haven't trained properly. I don't want to be in pain the whole way through it. Um, I don't want to be suffering while I'm trying to work towards this end line medal. Um, but I definitely think I sometimes I use, you know, meeting up with someone for a run as an excuse to, to get out, to do it. And I never cancel on those kind of things, which is, I mean, we haven't been doing them in the pandemic and I've been a different person throughout this. So who knows? I might've canceled if I had tried to do that now, but, um, I do think excuses can work both ways too. So maybe I just need to find more of those other kinds that don't involve meeting up with people during these times. Well, that's a really interesting 
topic that you've brought up because in my quote unquote research for today's episode, um, I, I read an article that basically was saying that, um, you know, excuses are a way that we can be very selfish in our mindset and excuses, uh, you know, instead of, you know, if you're late to meet somebody, you know, an excuse is, you know, basically making an excuse for yourself and saying, I'm sorry, I'm late. Whereas, um, the other side of things is to take the other person's viewpoint and the other person's feelings and to have that empathy and say, I'm sorry for making you wait, as opposed to just being late in general and and sort of not living up to that commitment. It's the consequence of that commitment. And so this idea that excuses um, have repercussions on other people and the the understanding that we um, affect other people with you know, with our own actions can help avoid those excuses. When you're saying the excuse to run with someone is that thing that's going to be sort of that positive excuse, in a way, it's kind of like, it's not really an excuse. It is making a commitment and being accountable for it and living up to it. So I I wouldn't call that necessarily an excuse. And I mean, I know the English language is malleable and we can sort of use these words to to mean different things. Um, So for me, that is actually like a really good point that you brought up. Whereas if we make commitments to other people, that gives us a different reason to be accountable. Right. Or, and it takes away maybe the excuses that you want to use to get out of it. And it's funny that, you know, you're talking about the research that you've done for this. And I, all I could think of was this joke that I heard. You're, you're obviously on the, the far more academic end of the running spectrum, but I heard somebody kind of tell this joke about, you know, they were super late for an event and they showed up and, uh, and, you know, they said, oh, we're so sorry. We got here as soon as we wanted to. Instead of saying, you know, we got here as soon as we could or we got here. They're like, we got here as soon as we felt like it. And it's uh, it is interesting, you know, when somebody else is holding you accountable. And I, I do. I definitely have issues with intrinsic motivation and and having that motivation myself. And it's been exacerbated throughout the pandemic, definitely, when. There is really kind of nothing else to go on. And I have found that extremely difficult and the excuses just keep flying. Well, your joke of, uh, you know, we arrived, you know, as soon as we wanted to, I think is a, is a good way of showing that sort of middle ground person who is aware of their excuses and is sort of accepting them, but is not really using them to change their actions or change their habits. Um, and you say that I'm, you know, very academic. I think I, I would say I'm a very philosophical, uh, I'm definitely more the liberal arts person. Uh, those of you who might know me, I have a PhD in ethnomusicology, which covers, uh, kind of like music in culture from a sociological and anthropological, anthropological point of view. So, um, definitely, I'm I'm more on the liberal arts, social science type of side as opposed to the hard science type of academicism. I mean, you're definitely you definitely know a lot more about kind of the running scene than I do, I think. And, um, you know, listening to the running podcast and and following these other runners. And I 
have never really done that. I think it's because I don't typically truly feel like I am a runner or that, you know, I'm just, these people are just going to make me feel bad about myself or, you know, if I maybe get in with these people, I won't be able to use all these excuses for myself. But um, it's definitely, there are a lot of different viewpoints and perspectives that are super valuable. I'll definitely bolster you by saying you definitely are a runner i mean with what 12 marathons under your belt you are definitely a runner and there's no two ways about that um but it's it's not necessarily just about you know following you know people and and reading up i just you know i i just find that the more knowledge makes things a little bit easier and um it just helps me and all the reading I've done about training and, and things like that, it's, uh, I, th- I find it helps me try to find what works for me the best and having more options obviously gives me more things to try out. And, and we're all ultimately, you know, uh, a, an experiment of one. Um, and we're trying to find what works the best for us, both from a physical point of view and, and a psychological point of view. Um, and that's what our lives are. It's this this giant, you know, scientific experiment of how to lead our lives in a way that I guess fulfills us. So there's your philosophy 101 for today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I'm getting I'm getting lessons in in running and I'm getting lessons in philosophy and I love them both. <laughs> One of the other things that I, I sort of was thinking about, because again, I think my my brain does work on this sort of philosophical way, is that, you know, I was sort of seeing excuses almost as a negative, as a reason not to do something, whereas the reasons could be seen as something positive. Now, you can obviously have excuses, I guess, or reasons that are to not do something. For example, if you have a stress fracture, obviously that's a very good reason not to run. If you have the flu, that's a really good reason not to run. Um, you know, if there are other, you know, socioeconomic factors that there are reasons not to run. When I was in India, just the general lack of safety on the roads was a good reason not to run. At least I thought so. Um, so there are reasons not to run, but in many ways, I think we could almost, you know, we can almost divide reasons and excuses and reasons could be something that come from the positive side. What are the reasons to do something? Why am I going to go out and run? And then on the other side, we have the excuses like, why shouldn't I run? And in this case, you can include, I guess, you know, the more serious and, and legitimate excuses like injuries, like, um, sickness, like, you know, safety concerns. Um, and we can sort of see it like, what are my, what is my reason for running today? Why am I running? Well, I want to feel better. I want to, you know, get outside. I want to, you know, obviously get some physical activity in. And, you know, what are my excuses? Well, I'm sore. I'm tired. I'm, you know, just not feeling it. And and then we can sort of weigh the balance of those positive and negative, um, I guess, lines of thinking and, you know, come out and decide whether to go and run or not. Yeah, I definitely think they overlap as well, but um, definitely a more positive way to look at things. And maybe it will help me if I do this a little more is to think about all of the 
optimistic, positive reasons that, you know, running helps me or running makes me feel better or running is just a good thing to do. And if I can concentrate on those and have them outweigh the excuses, I think that that could be super helpful. I did listen to, there's another podcast um, that is called Un- uh, F your brain and it's the swear word instead of the F and um, she talks a lot about a thought ladder and at the top of the thought ladder might be your goal thought and at the bottom of the ladder might be where you're at now and if I think you know my goal thought is I I'm I can get out and run every single day I can run a little bit every single day and if my thought right now is you know, I can't do that. I I need to find those middle ground, the middle rungs of the ladder, those thoughts somewhere in between where they're just neutral thoughts. They're just factual information where it's, you know, I ran today. I ran six times in the first week of January, which isn't true. But whatever is a true fact, you can use it kind of as the middle ground. And I think that the thought ladder would be super helpful in in that kind of thinking too and maybe those reasons are at the top the excuses are at the bottom and in the middle we just use the factual information so every time i think i can't go out and run i i have to say to myself the middle ground thoughts i ran yesterday i can run i have run before i'm capable of running and maybe those help us get from one to the other well that's like a really interesting um sort of process to to help decide whether to run and and I like the fact that we're calling it a decision because really that's what it is it's you know when we go out and run whether it's every day whether it's every other day whether it's more sporadic whether we're following a schedule or not every time we go out and do something it is a decision that we're making and we're either making the deci- the decision to do it or not to do it and I think having that sort of thought ladder, as as um, you know, you're calling it, um, is a really good way of saying, you know, here is my goal, and here is, um, you know, here are the facts. Here are, you know, just plain cold hard facts. And you know, for example, let's say it's it's cold out. You you can say, you know, I've run in this cold before, and actually, for me, I find you know, that experience level, um, having, being able to say I've run in weather this cold before, or I've run in the rain before, um, that is actually a good way for me to overcome some of those excuses, um, that you could have, especially when it comes to the weather. For me, knowing that I have, I guess, survived a run in similar conditions, helps prepare me to be able to do it again. And especially for races and part of, part of, you know, one of the things I've seen, and I I don't recall where I've seen this before, but I know I've read it is that, you know, running in adverse conditions helps us prepare for those adverse conditions when, you know, if we have them in a race and I've, I've run a race in the very cold, I've run a race in the quite warm I've had a little bit of rain in races, but it hasn't ever been truly miserable, rainy, like nothing like what I heard the Boston Marathon was a couple of years ago when, you know, it was like sideways rain and like 32 or 34 degrees Fahrenheit where it was like, you know, freezing and, and windy and, and it was really miserable conditions. Uh, you know, I haven't, 
I haven't really had anything that bad on a race day. But um, if we think that, you know, okay, I have run in these conditions before I lived, it, you know, may have been miserable, but um, it's still, you know, I still got through it. And, you know, it's only for 45 minutes or it's only for an hour or whatever. It, and then you're done. You know, I actually have had those thoughts even, you know, in the last couple of months when the weather here in Canada has gotten a little more difficult to deal with, you know, having said, okay, well, I've run in this before that to me diffuses some of those um, excuses not to go. Yeah, I definitely think having those kind of um, neutral thoughts to fall back on are a good way to go. Hopefully it will help me, have started helping me, because they're not arguable. It's, you know, if you if I have run in this before, then I have run in this before. If I If my thought is I'm capable of running in this, then I'm capable of running in this. And um, it is funny, though, because I typically... Um, up until the last couple of years, I would only run if it was nice. Uh, I would only go if it was the weather I wanted. And then I've had races that have had every kind of weather you can imagine. And I've, I'm okay with that. I know, like you said, it, it you know, it might've made it easier if I had trained in that weather. But I think for me, because I only trained, I guess, kind of just like, when I wanted to, it was, it made it easier for me to get through it no matter what what because a race was also you know something I wanted to accomplish I don't know if that's what helped me get through it I do think it would be beneficial to run in different uh kinds of weather and I do try to do that now I do try to stick to more of a actual schedule rather than just looking at the temperature and the color of the sky um but I it's, I do feel like we've had a lot of opposite experiences, which is kind of funny. But, um, yeah, we've both made it through a ton of races. And so I think that it's valuable no matter, you know, what you're getting out and doing. So I also wanted to take a look at some, what are some of the common running excuses that people might have? And I mean, the first one is, you know, scheduling and somebody says I couldn't wake up in time or, you know, it was dark by the time I got home from work. Um, you know, these are excuses that I think we have all have had, um, you know, and so I think we can come up with some strategies to diffuse those excuses. So you know, what's the type of thing that you might say to yourself to sort of overcome the, you know, I couldn't wake up in time or I just didn't have time today or it's getting dark earlier and so there's not as much time to run. Um, you know, for that particular excuse that, you know, talks about the schedule, um, you know, what what would you sort of say to yourself to overcome that? I mean, I think you mentioned earlier making a decision and I think that, you have to decide if you want to run or not. And, you know, for me, the, there are multiple things that might go into that decision. I I don't like running um, at night in the dark. I don't feel particularly safe. But in the morning when it's dark and the sun is coming up, I do somehow feel safer. Uh, that's just for me very personal. But I – so 
if I know that the sun is going to set at 5 p.m., uh, which unfortunately it does sometimes, um, I know that and if I have to work from 10 to 6 or 12 to 8, um, I have a weird work schedule. But if you work 9 to 5, then I know by the time I'm done work, if it's 5 o'clock, the sun is down or going down. So I'm not going to do it at night. And you have to decide. If that's my schedule, then I have to do it in the morning. And if I do work at 9 and the sun doesn't rise until 745 I have to decide if I'm going to go out in the dark or not, if I have a place in normal times where I can use a treadmill. But I think all of that kind of goes into the decision making of whether you're going to run or not. Am I going to run only on my days off from work so that I can go in the middle of the day when it's the warmest or the sunniest? Or I think that you just have to make that decision and know what's going into that decision when you figure out if you're going to run or not. And I, like I said, I make so many, so many excuses, but I do also know that, again, those neutral thoughts, I am capable of running. I have run, I do run. And, but I also have to figure out what fits my work schedule, what fits my daylight feeling safety schedule and how those function together. Now I will say, you know, I'm not a morning person, period, and I'm not a morning runner, as I say, as we are actually recording this in the morning. But um, it's funny, I do get up um, at a reasonable hour, um, what I consider to be a reasonable hour. Um, but I just I f- don't feel like I can run in the morning unless I really have to. And I, you know, there have been days, especially when I've been training for marathons, where I have gotten up at 5, 5.30 in the morning to go do my long run before I had to work on Sundays. And yes, when you're a musician and a music teacher, um, your hours of work are not necessarily your, your 10 to 6 or 9 to 5. Um, so, you know, I would have, you know, Sunday lessons that I would teach and um, I'd have to get up at, you know, 5, 5.30 in order to get that two hour, two and a half hour run in before, um, before teaching. So, um, on some occasions I have, but generally like now when I, you know, I don't have any teaching in the mornings and, um, it's really, you know, the schedule is much more loose than it necessarily was in, uh, pre COVID times. Um, I don't have to, you know, squeeze anything in before I work. So, um, for me getting up in the morning and running is about as distasteful a thought as I can have. Um, so, you know, I'm doing it later and, you know, there have been a few days where I have gone out in the dark and I will say that as a man, um, I think it's definitely safer to run at night than it is for a woman. And so, you know, I, I do see that as a very distinct difference that I'm not as, at least in the area that I'm living in right now, it's, it, there are, it's pretty well lit. There are street lights. I'm not worried about my footing or anything. I will say that when I lived in Berlin, Germany, I didn't like to run at night at all, not for safe, not for, um, you know, uh, not for a reason of being, you know, mugged or anything or assaulted, but more because there were very uneven I mean, they weren't even sidewalks. It was cobblestone. And so I was always worried about the footing and the fear of a trip and fall in the dark. And there definitely wasn't well lit as some of these more suburban areas in Canada. So um, 
definitely for me, running at night is not as much of an issue as it might be for some of our listeners out there, you know, depending sometimes gender has to do with it. Sometimes, um, just the, the conditions of the, of the surfaces that we're running on can be an issue. Typically I like to run on pathways. Uh, they are not well lit here. Um, in London, Ontario, where I am, a lot of pathways are not well lit kind of anywhere I've really ever been. Um, so for me, I, I could still go, if I was going to go in the pitch black, I would probably stick to surface streets and sidewalks just to have that lighting um, and to maybe have some people around. But it is something that when I make my decision for when I'm going to run or what my window is to go running, um, it's a factor for me. All right. And, you know, some of the other things that we can do, again, if you're worried about lighting, we can always, um, you know, make provisions for that. And that's sort of what I'm trying to, to help people with is if you're worried about running in the dark and your footing, you can always sort of wear a headlamp or a hand lamp or something like that so that you can see a little better. Um, of course, there are safety precautions that you can take. Um, when running alone, especially for a woman, there are whistles, there are um, definitely other, you know, safety precautions to take. I think that's a whole other podcast. And I know Marathon Training Academy has definitely done some good podcasts about running safety, um, particularly for women. And, and I'm sure other podcasts have done that as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think women are the only ones who might have safety issues. But I also, um, I, I have a headlamp and I do find that it's not super useful for for kind of the evenness of the sidewalk for me. I think it's just more of an indication to other people that I am around because otherwise I have to just like be looking at the ground the whole time to kind of face the headlamp to the ground if I want to see what uh, I'm running on. And I don't tend to look completely at the ground the entire time. But um, maybe, you know, maybe there are different kinds I could use. But I do think that... um, I guess I just, I don't recommend running in the dark, but I do think that your timing has to work with your schedule and your feeling um, if if that's a decision that you want to make to run. All right. And another excuse that we have, and we've talked about this because we live in Canada and, you know, this is what people in Canada love talking about, is the weather. And um, we've talked about, you know, it snows, it rains. Fortunately, in Toronto, we actually haven't had that much snow this year. There's only been a few significant snowfalls, including the first one on November 1st, in which uh, I crashed my car and had it written off by the insurance company. So that was super fun. But um, yeah, we haven't had a ton of snow this year, but we have had a lot, you know, it has been somewhat cold, again, not crazy cold. Um, So these are definitely... Uh, factors. There's also heat and humidity, which we do also know here in this part of Canada, where um, it gets qu- it gets quite hot and humid in the summers. And you know, there are always things that we can do to sort of defeat the elements. And you know, for the cold and for the the rain, there is you know there's clothing and how we dress. So you know, for me, looking at the the forecast and and planning for the weather is definitely a big step in getting me out the door. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Um, I hate the winter, but I 
running wise, I am prepared for it. And I do live in the snow belt uh, currently in London. We do tend to get a lot more snow than other places, um, which is not my favorite. Um, so that I do have real concerns sometimes about the snow on the pathways. They don't get cleared as quickly as maybe they should or could and then people use them and then the snow kind of gets stuck and turns into ice and things like that are not super safe but um in terms of dressing for the weather I do I do kind of have my sliding scale I look at the temperature and I think you know if it's zero degrees I need to wear this if it's minus 10 degrees I need to wear this if it's colder than that I need to wear everything um but I I definitely you have to be prepared for that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm also very glad that the weather hasn't gotten too cold while I'm in my current living situation because I'm sort of in between uh, places and a lot of my, you know, a lot of my clothing in general is, you know, packed up in boxes ready to move again, which, you know, fingers crossed will be next week. And uh, so why we're actually recording this podcast so quickly after the first one so that we can actually space them out a little bit when we release them while I'm in the middle of these moves. Um, but I actually, you know, have in mind another layer, a fleece layer that I can wear when it's a little bit colder. Um, but I'm glad because that layer is, uh, is in storage right now. So, um, if it gets too cold right now, I don't know what I do. I might have to double up on my base layers, um, because I've only got about three long sleeve shirts, uh, sort of, uh, technical shirts and, uh, a sort of thicker middle layer that keeps me warm. And then the, uh, the running jacket on top, that's quite thin, but breaks the wind nicely. So, uh, I, I think I can handle colder weather, but right now I can't. So <laughs> I'm very glad it hasn't gotten too bad. Um, and then the other side of the equation is the heat and the humidity and sort of some of the strategies that I've uh, I've taken for that. And, I, and there's other things I haven't done that I've heard about. Um, but the first thing that I do is, you know, slow down and shorten the run. So I'm not going to go out and necessarily do um, a 10-mile, 12-mile, 14-mile run when it's, you know, 30 and I know I'm mixing you know American and Canadian um, <laughs> uh, terminology so maybe a 20 kilometer run I'm not going to do that in 33 Celsius heat with you know like 90 percent humidity um, I'm definitely going to slow things down and shorten my runs especially if I'm not heat acclimated like you might be if you live in a much warmer climate um, I'm always going to carry water in the summers and the springs especially when I'm going out for longer than an hour um, Knowing myself, you know, having done this for a while, I know that I really don't need water. You know, I'll sort of drink a glass or two before I go on my runs. Um, and then unless I'm out longer than an hour, an hour and a quarter, I generally don't need any water if it's cooler than maybe 15 degrees Celsius. And once it gets warmer than that, I'll probably bring a small bottle with me. And if it gets warmer and I'm out for longer, I'll have a, a belt with uh, water on there. So being prepared for that is also important. Uh, I have heard of people like having an iced towel or something like that, or a very, very cold, wet towel that they'll put on their neck and they'll put on their head before they go out on their run just to sort of bring their core temperature down a little bit so that as it, it takes longer to rise to sort of a more dangerous level. What are some of the uh, adaptations that you've made or that you will make when it's, um, 
when it's hotter out when you're running Alexis? Uh, so I guess I don't really do much at all. Um, I do try to find pathways, um, areas where there are fountains or if I'm doing a really, really long run, I might, um, do part of it by like a gas station or something where I can just buy a Gatorade with my, my phone banking app or something. Um, but I don't love carrying water. I do have a belt that I did start using uh, last year, but I don't typically carry water with me. I'm really bad. I don't typically drink water before I go. I go a lot in the morning. Um, basically, I live my life in a dehydrated state. I'm like a raisin, I guess, but I am really kind of not so good. I, I still, I'm, I don't know, I get them done and I guess the thing I do the most is stop and like buy a Gatorade somewhere on the way. All right, Alexis the Raisin Brudnicky, that's your <laughs> new nickname. Um, and so any of our listeners, if you have any ideas, you can definitely comment um, in, uh, well, I'm sure we'll have somewhere to comment. We definitely, we have our Instagram up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. Um, but you can definitely reach out to us and let us know what your what your strategies for dealing with the weather are um and we can definitely talk about that on a future show if you uh if you send that into us and the last sort of excuse that i i kind of came up with that we need to all have you know good reasons or good good ways to manage those excuses is the aches and pains and when we're just feeling run down and we can even include sort of you know emotional emotional weight um when we go and run so you know the types of things that i you know deal with on a daily basis are getting up and just you know i'm sore and my whole body is unhappy with me um maybe because i woke up and i didn't stay in bed for another two hours um and, you know, for me, part of the management is to not run first thing. Part of management is to say, okay, you know what? You've dealt with this before. You've woken up and you felt better as the day goes on. Um, if I do have to get up and go running right, right away, the way I kind of manage that is say, okay, you know, this is what you deal with every day. Your, your back is a little sore. Your legs are sore from yesterday. You know, whatever it is, you know, this is daily. This is not unusual. You know, you felt this before. And again, like we were saying with the thought ladder, knowing these facts, you know, when I wake up, it I'm sore. That's a fact. And it's just a fact almost every day. And um, for me, that's, you know, just how it is. And I feel better later on in the day. And, and if I go out and run, it's, it may not be the best quality run, but I can definitely do it. So and I have done it, so I have that sort of fact to fall back on. Um, and how about you, Alexis? Yeah, I think I have been, especially lately, dealing more with kind of a mental fatigue in, um, you know, waking up and just having a hard time getting out of bed, honestly, some days. And I do have the understanding in the back of my mind that I know if I get up and get outside, get some fresh air, go for a run, even for a walk, I will feel better afterward. But I have a hard time sometimes getting to that middle rung on the thought ladder. And so for me, I have experienced a lot more mental fatigue than anything. I know that can also make my body feel fatigued. But um, 
I, I do find that hard to deal with. I do struggle with it, definitely. I think the thing that's helped me lately, and you know what, it, it, it didn't help me previously. It might not help me in the future, but what's helped me lately is instead of thinking, you know, I need to run on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, I've kind of opened up to myself and thought, you know what, I want to get in five runs in the week or I want to get in 20 runs in the month and I've tried to give myself some leeway where I don't want to I don't want to build it up where it's like well if I don't run today I have to run tomorrow I don't want that feeling of needing to go that just sometimes puts too much pressure on and when you're mentally fatigued it any little pressure can be too much pressure as well but I do try to kind of change the narrative for myself and for now it is working um it has been working i will say i've tried it before it didn't work before and like i said it might not work in the future but um it's working for now and you know maybe that would work for someone else too all right so that definitely helps to address the the mental fatigue side of things and i think we're all going through mental fatigue um as we are you know we're still entering the winter. I guess we're only a few weeks into official winter um, of our discontent. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a long winter because I think for most of us, especially those who are strong enough and active enough to be running, uh, we're not going to be in the priority list for COVID vaccines. And even when the vaccines are distributed, you know, there's still going to be a period of time where I think a lot of precautions are still going to have to be taken. So, um that mental fatigue, I think, is a big one. And, and I think there's also the other side of it is just being kind to yourself and saying, you know what, maybe I can't run today. Maybe I shouldn't run today. Um, because, again, it's not it doesn't have to be every day. We're not we don't want to advocate that running every day is is the only way to exist. It, there's definitely a balance of, um, you know, that level of activity that we want to be healthy and um what we feel like we really can do from a mental and emotional standpoint. Yeah, it's, um, I definitely agree. People need to be kind to themselves and I know it can be hard and I know that this pandemic has been really hard on me, the isolation, everything. Um, and, and I'm in a good situation. I'm very fortunate to be in the situation I'm in and I can't imagine what, other people are going through but um you know the exercise is is helpful even on days when I really can barely bring myself to do it and I know that um I do need things to keep me coming back to it and I am fortunate for people like you Mike who who hold me accountable to it I know my therapist offered to to call me every day to see if I was gonna run and I appreciate that that you hold me accountable because I again I don't have a lot of that intrinsic motivation for it right now and yet I know it makes me feel better so I appreciate that and I do hope that getting out and getting some exercise helps some other people feel better too. All right. And with that, we're, I think we're going to, you know, call it a day for this episode of the Fat Man Running podcast. And, you know, out there listening, you can definitely get in touch. We're on Instagram at Fat Man Running Pod. Uh, that's also our email address on Gmail uh, 
fatmanrunningpod at gmail.com. I think we're going to get a Facebook page up as well. And uh, I'm not sure about Twitter, but we'll see about Twitter. If if it's Twitter, we'll let you know. Um, But for now, Instagram, Gmail, probably Facebook. you know, look for us and uh, let us know what are your excuses? How do you deal with your excuses? How do you deal with the day-to-day grind of making that decision of whether to run or not? And, you know, let us know what are your reasons to run? What are what benefits are you getting going out there every day? So subscribe to us. You can leave us a, a review, um, rate us five stars, of course, but please uh, review us and uh, if you enjoy it, and thanks for joining us. Have a great day.